My name is Drew Joyner, and you're listening to the Beyond the Garment podcast, a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others by talking about sustainability, fashion, art, and culture. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. All right, let's get to today's episode. Fashion isn't just about the designers and the art. There is and always will be a true business side of fashion. Today's guest lives and thrives in that business and analytical realm. Allow me the honor of introducing Asher Salik. Asher, how are you doing today, man? Doing great, man. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to have you, man. How, how are things for you out in the, in the Big Apple? Things are good, man. Posted up in the financial district. So uh, yeah, I'm right by the water. So I've got some semblance of nature here, which is pretty nice. But yeah, That's things good. are picking up. So everything's looking up. Good, man. Good. For those who don't know, Asher and I, I think honestly, I've, I've had you on Instagram for a while now. We connected on LinkedIn as well. I would probably say a better half of six months, six plus months, maybe um, for that long. And so I've kind of, I kind of know what he's about. I kind of know what... Um, he's into and then on LinkedIn I've kind of looked at his credentials and whatnot he's a pretty dope guy so I'm super excited to get into this this episode um, let's start with the first question man you know what is your background where are you from and how's it like for you growing up as a kid yeah for sure man so I'm from upstate New York out of a small suburb right near Albany and it was dope it's Albany's a great place there's a really thriving uh, skateboard and theater culture that you wouldn't really expect. So mm. there's a lot of interesting subcultures mixed with like all the nature and like bureaucratic buildings of being the capital. So definitely it's really cool. It's just like everything cool manifested in one place, like super cool, like brutalist architecture and yeah. really thriving art scene. So highly recommend if you haven't been. No, I haven't. I haven't been. Um, I've only been to uh, Manhattan. Uh, when I was when I was pretty young though too, I was probably like 13 years old, um, nice. and I went to a Broadway play. I saw Spider Man, <laughs> which has nothing nothing to do with anything. But I'm I'm a huge Spider Man fan. <laughs> um, but let's talk about you know what did you do as a kid growing up? Like obviously there's a huge skate culture. Did you skate growing up, or what were you involved in uh, in your youth? Yeah, I tried to, but never got really good enough to actually manifest into something. But um, yeah, I grew up as an only child, so I did a lot of traveling with my parents, which was super great. Um, enjoyed a lot of like nature hikes, all that good stuff. But being an only child, I became best friends with um, my friend from kindergarten, who's essentially like my brother. And we really bonded over sneakers. I remember like early in the day when we were buying skate gear, he grabbed this Supreme North Face hat. And this is probably back in like 2004, 2005. So Supreme was still like pretty low key. Wow. He had that on his head and I'm like, whoa, what is that? It's like a checkered pattern on North Face. That's sick. And then that opened up a whole can of worms around like collaborations. And shortly after that, we made a trip up to Boston to see Concepts, the uh, concept store out in Boston. And Mm -hmm. that was the drop of the Blue Lobster Nike SB. So that's my grail to this day. But that's the one moment that really kicked off like collecting for me so yeah yeah i think yeah collecting everything is really just in my dna so that's why i spent a lot of time uh, definitely doing. yeah i've definitely noticed i are i know one of the your favorite pairs are the um the bacon um yeah. do you know what i'm talking about finish the the air, yeah, the air, air max, max. yeah 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 those are a great shoe that actually i was talking to my girlfriend about those the other day because um 
they're uh, they're a very dope shoe. They're interesting shoe for sure. Um, yeah. And I know, obviously, for those who don't know, like you are a pretty big collector. You do you really do indulge in um, sneakers, streetwear. Um, and it, it makes sense because you're kind of, I mean, from 2004, that's a long time. That's like a, to have a first introduction in 2004, that's a pretty long time to actually be introduced to something like Supreme. And I think a lot of people have a, like initially in the space that I'm in, at least, a lot of people start with Supreme because yeah. it's it's so gripping. It's so different. Like it's kind of uh, when you first see Supreme as maybe a high schooler, as a young person, um, you're like, what is this? Whoa. Like it's kind of, it's just different. Um, so very cool. That's a very dope upbringing. I'm also an only child, so we, oh, we nice. are very um, – I grew up an only child at least, so we have a very similar upbringing in that sense. Um, cool. Yeah. My, and you kind of did answer my next question, which was, you know, how did you first get involved in fashion? So was it that Supreme moment, the North Face Supreme collaboration moment, or was there another moment where you kind of got introduced to fashion in a more gripping or a more serious kind of way? Yeah, great question. And growing up, my my parents were into fashion as well. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents are quite young. So my mom had like all the 85 Jordans growing up. She used to go to like the malls in New Jersey and pick them up. So uh, yeah. I was always angry, like, why didn't you save those for me? So <laughs> all my parents on ice for a bit. But my dad is one of the most like OG low heads out there. He has like every single colorway of every single Ralph Lauren polo. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I always saw that. And I thought that was so fascinating because Ralph Lauren was like the epitome of the American dream, just completely encapsulated within his shirt. I thought right. that was really special. So seeing him have like a hundred plus polos in every single color, I realized there is a subculture there and clothing can take on more of like a, a narrative meaning. So yeah, Ralph Lauren was really my first gateway into fashion and seeing him collect all those things. That's super dope. That's super dope. And I think, uh, I think you said it right there the subculture of clothing and the subculture within the subculture within the subculture is such an interesting piece um, that, you, that anyone can really indulge in and I know that um, just being a fan of the creativity and the artwork can be a lot of fun right yeah. it, it just is a very fulfilling kind of thing to see um, but I want to talk to you let's 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 get into the business side because I, I gave this grandiose intro and and about business and analytics let's talk a little bit about you know what do you do you know in your profession in regards to the fashion industry yeah so good question uh so stepping back a bit i went to nyu got a lot of exposure uh between like fashion networking and um investment banking networking so i studied econ and math so that kind of created this like fake hierarchy of it's investment banking or nothing so yeah. i was like, dead set on that goal um did a bunch of different jobs in investment banking, venture capital, which I really enjoyed. Loved the intensity of it, loved the competitiveness, uh, but always knew in the back of my mind, since I knew so much about like fashion products that I could eventually pivot into that. So yeah, I've been using those skills ever since. My first real fashion job was at the business of fashion. Mm -hmm. So they really took a chance on me and I was leading uh, commercial partnerships there. So uh, working on sponsored content and helping uh, brands kind of convey their uh, employer branding through BLF. So yeah. that was really great exposure, obviously awesome networking. And it showed me a different side of revenue kind of. So obviously in banking, you look at it through balance sheets. Um, at BLF, it's very much this brand is a narrative. These mm -hmm. are the cohorts we're trying to go after. Right. And this is what our vision like kind of aligns to. So it's just so many different aspects at play 
that's what I really love about the fashion industry itself because any skill is really applicable. So um, yeah, really found the perfect intersection of like technology, advertising, and even some of my finance at BLF. So very grateful for them. Yeah, I mean, we, we can talk about that in a second too because I feel like it's, that's an interesting subject matter. I think business of fashion is one of the... Um, staples within fashion industry within the fashion industry right now that people look at whether they are young designers whether they're young fashion entrepreneurs or business people or analytics individuals such as yourself how did you first get involved or did you know when you when you went to school that you wanted to do what you what you're doing now or was it kind of up in the air when you first started out yeah awesome question so it was up in the air i generally knew i wanted to do fashion at some point in my life but I did want to check the box of investment banking and working on Wall Street and all that good stuff. But yeah, always knew in the back of my mind what I, whatever I would do would be tied to like a fashion product. Now, obviously, I didn't know the stakeholder model at the time. So I didn't realize there's like e-commerce, merchandising, marketing. There's so much within the entire value chain. So right, I right. Get in the industry and uh, yeah, I guess advertising was the my gateway into that. Definitely. And is there anything that you can kind of point to? in your childhood or your upbringing that made you or was it your family that was you know someone in your family also did a similar had a similar role than a similar role of than what you have right now uh, i think i think i'm trying to say that right i think that's right um but yeah, sure. is there anything from childhood essentially yeah not really actually i didn't have too many people i knew that worked in fashion um my mom's in law and my dad's a consultant. So I've taken a lot of the, I guess, like business practices from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he takes on a bunch of like really interesting uh, projects. So uh, he was a really big inspiration for all that too, just to get my hands in whatever I can do creatively, I guess. Definitely. But yeah, formally, uh, I guess it was just the product. The product is really what got me into it, which is, I think translates really well to my passion and understanding of the industry. Definitely. I think it does as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about business of fashion again. Um, you had kind of highlighted some of the things that you were doing there. Can you give us a run through a little bit of of how it was, what your experience was like working there? And then yeah. we can kind of go into what you're doing right now. Yeah, definitely. It was fantastic. Honestly, some of the brightest colleagues I've ever had. Uh, again, some of the most passionate people in the world. Uh, it's a team really ahead of its time because... It's essentially like a tech company that also has just killer content. So they're really tackling fashion at all fronts and they're, they're really like the superlative source in the industry. So uh, it was fun actually having that level of recognition and knowing that I, I'm actually edging, educating people in what I'm doing. Definitely. So yeah, it was fantastic. But I got the best part of that was really I got exposure between some of the biggest passion houses in the world and working with um, like sponsored content, like Ralph Lauren or like the tapestries of the world, right. all the way down to these like one person PR shops that are like killing it. So mm-hmm. uh, there's no like secret sauce or silver bullet to being successful in that. And that's what I really found. It's like, it's just like scalable success. And it was really cool to see the differences between those, like those one person shops and like the Ralph Lauren's of the world. Definitely. Definitely. And let's talk a little bit about, um, kind of how you got that role because I think there might be someone listening right now and I think this is where the the, the real meat and potatoes of, of the podcast can be um, yeah. which is you know I say this in almost every podcast now there's someone right now listening who's like man it would be kind of dope it would be awesome to work at business of fashion whether it's in a just associate role or entry level role or whatever um, how did you navigate um, getting into the role of business of fashion. And then, like I said, we'll move on to what you're doing currently. 
Yeah, definitely. So all of it is really my banking background, really taught me how to network, taught me the ins and outs of what actually constitutes value in a company. So that's the most marketable skill out there. And that's my advice for anyone else too, that whatever experience you're doing, because like I mentioned, the stakeholder model of fashion is just everywhere. And uh, really every single department you can think of touches an end garment. Uh, mm-hmm. Every single thing you do is applicable. So yeah. just about kind of crafting that narrative. Like let's yeah. say you're in finance. I mean, the finance skills have a direct relation to like procurement or buying, for example. So there is a role in fashion for everything, but you just have to create the narrative on where you want to go and kind of what was your rationale for taking each of those steps. Everything I've done very deliberately. Definitely, definitely. And one of the things you just said was uh, something, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but like creating value in the company, right? Yeah. Can you define what that means? What does that mean, creating value in the company? Like, what, what do you mean when you say something like that? Yeah, so going back to our, our, our discussion about subcultures, I really think a brand is only as valuable as a subculture creates. So I think being part of something larger than just the brand itself, ideally, and this is just me kind of off the cuff speaking, but sure. the, the perfect brand is minimizes the discovery pathway between like a shirt or a product and a lifestyle or um, a certain like subculture. So the smaller you can get that discovery pathway leads to a better brand. And brands that are doing this perfectly are like um, MA, obviously, ALD. Like the second you see their products, you know what they're about. You know that they're going to fit perfectly within this mood board, for example. So yeah, uh, the I, I see value as the how closely related it is within a subculture. Very cool. Very dope. Um, yeah. I love that. And let's talk a little bit about um, what you do with Launch Metrics. Can you explain what Launch Metrics is? And then can you explain uh, your role within the, uh, the business? Yeah, 100%. So Launch Metrics is a brand performance cloud. So we handle everything uh, brand performance related. So the easiest way to think about it is we help companies and give them tools and advisory around optimizing their physical and digital assets. So on the physical side, we help with like samples performance and making sure that samples are being tracked and efficiently going to market. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, kind of shortening that supply chain. And on the digital side, I look at brand mentions and ascribing ROI to like marketing placements, uh, depending on if a brand is featured in let's say like Vogue or BOF, how much value of brand equity is that actually bringing to your brand? And what are competitors doing that you should be aware of? So, yeah, that's what Launchmetrics does. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, my next question is, and it's a little bit tough because um, you did just give a, a great answer. How can you lay that out in layman's term? For example, you just gave an example of of um, the amount of, like if someone, for example, is in it and in Vogue, right? What, what term did you use? use? Equity or did you use? Um, yeah, brand equity. Brand equity. Can you describe, like, just break those things down for each and every person who's listening? Um, because those terms can be sometimes convoluted. Yeah. What I mean by that is that um, people hear them and, and say them all the time, but to the average individual, they might not just translate, right? Um, yeah. So if you had to give an elevator pitch of launch metrics to a person on the street, you know, what would you say, what, what, what you do? And then I can kind of dissect my questioning from there. Yeah, for sure. So easiest way to think about it is uh, we handle 
the life cycle of your products and your brand presence from design inception to going to market. Definitely. We handle all those workflows. Definitely. And what is your role? Like, what is your primary purpose at Launchmetrics? Sure. So I'm an account executive. So I'm kind of bringing in these new partners, uh, doing reports for them, showing them where um, the most media value is and kind of suggesting like alternate cha uh, channels and uh, possibly like strategic pivots even. So I'm enabling these brands with this type of data and I'm kind of leaving it up to them to see how they want to action on it. Definitely, definitely. I love that. And I think that um, launch metrics and what you did at B BOF is such an underrated part of the industry, um, yeah. especially for a lot of young creatives. Um, for some of them, it might go over their head, but I think as you continue to scale your business, as you continue to grow, um, organizations such as Launchmetrics or in what you did at, at BOF is so critical, right? Because you really have to analyze um, everything. You have to know what works and know what doesn't work. You have to understand why this took longer, why this wasn't successful, or how can I um, capitalize off of this opportunity, yeah. right? And I think that's the biggest piece for this podcast is like, um, Asher, what he does is he, he makes good businesses better essentially. Right. Um, and so there's, and there's a lot that goes into it, right? It, it can be, it can be kind of overwhelming to kind of hear it. Um, but, um, it's very insightful too to know. And, and how, I want to ask a question because there's a lot of things coming in my head. Like, um, for example, let's take uh, a smaller brand, um, or let's take let's take let's take ALD. How you said that they are very they they're very recognizable, right? Yeah. What they do, the products they create. Um, what kind of strategies? And this is just hypothetical. What kind of strategies would you implement? You know, if if launch metrics, or I don't know if you guys are working with AOD, but like, what kind of strategies would you implement on some of the things that a brand like M.A. Leon Door is doing? Because a lot of people know what that brand is on the podcast and maybe they can think about it for their own brand or for their own creative ventures. Hopefully that's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. So what I touched on before samples management, that's probably the, the best thing we would do. Um, ensuring that their samples are being tracked when they're going to like third party uh, PR uh, just within different departments all alone, because I've worked with some brands that don't really track their samples and sometimes they just end up losing them, which is crazy. And there's no visibility over the process Man. and be surprised how these like little logistics really add up. Like for a bigger company, like let's say like Chanel, if you lose a Chanel dress, that's a lot on your bottom line. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's, which is also a pretty good takeaway from this. Like every single piece of the process is important. Yeah, totally, totally. Man, man, oh man, it's, there's a, <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack, but it's really, it really is important. It really is. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I always try to have within the episode is this topic of sustainability. I'm not sure if it really correlates to everything that you necessarily do, but is sustainability, is it a feasible aspect or is it an, is it an aspect of what you do um, from, from an organizational standpoint? Yeah, personally, not on my end, but I think it's more on like an organizational, like strategic level. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot. Uh, well, it, it kind of manifests itself in two ways. First is that brands can create really like socially charged imagery and like graphics. Like Noah's a great example of this, like Save the Whales and like really like social um, designs that do have an impact. Or other brands you see like J Brand, for example, 
they're adopting a direct-to-consumer model and right. brands like Rich, for example, they're doing pre-orders. So that really minimizes basically all the waste, which is great because you already have a sense of demand. So Definitely. I don't necessarily interact with sustainability like on a day-to-day per basis, but uh, yeah, I see the rationales between doing these different strategies and there is sustainability like underlying it definitely definitely very cool um one of the last couple questions i want to ask you asher and i think that you provided some good value to a lot of people in this episode um but this is more of like a personal question i want to ask you is you know how where do you see yourself in, in five years down the line um whether it be at launch metrics um, or whether it be in another organization doing something similar, completely different? Yeah, that's that's a very good question. And honestly, I have to look at where I think the industry is going in five years, because within like the last two years, we've been seeing this uh, this really overhaul of technology within the industry. So you've got these disruptors like New Order and Jor um, that handle do somewhat like what um, Launchmetrics does, mm-hmm. but they're completely digitizing like the buying process to like get your... Um, get your clothing like wholesaled, for example. So the time to market is just getting shorter and shorter. And that's kind of what I want to do eventually. I want to understand these processes, both on like an operation level and a brand marketing level. And I just want to help brands go to market. That's what I want to do at the end of the day. Love it, man. That's awesome. That's incredible, dude. I'm, I'm, you know, it's really important to have people like you on the podcast, like I was saying earlier, just because it offers a different perspective. Talking to creatives and talking to artists is a lot of fun, right? Um, and this is also a lot of fun, but I think that it opens people's eyes up to different possibilities within fashion, within the industry that they might not have thought about before. Um, before we conclude, though, I want to ask you a couple of fun questions yeah, um, just to just to keep it light and whatnot. Um, let's talk about maybe some of your most some of your favorite, most recent drops that, uh, that, that have happened in the last you know three to four months. Yeah. Um, Take your time because I know I didn't I didn't prep the man for these questions, but <laughs> I, I want to ask him just because he, he does have a he does have a collection that is very, very nice. <laughs> Thank you, man. And number one, I'm using it currently as my laptop uh, stand, but it's uh, <laughs> it's the uh, University Blue Jordan ones. I think yep. one of the, the cleanest colorways to come out in a while. Yep. Um and beneath that, as part of my laptop stand, I've got the the 85 neutral grays. So Oof. on a really big Jordan 1 kick right now. But yeah. after watching The Last Dance and kind of playing like 2K every day, I've just <laughs> that. Uh, like I said earlier, these these aren't just shoes. They're like a whole like contextual like being. Yeah, so, they yeah. really are. And the neutral grays, uh, I... I wanted to get them for retail. I'm still trying to find a great price, um, but they're a little bit tough. But um, those are some great shoes, man. Uh, anything from a clothing standpoint that you're looking at, or yeah, so I've obviously ALD um, picking up a, a lot of stuff from them. But um, right a few streets down from ALD in New York is actually 18 East. Really big fan of them. Um, it's a Love little them. more like uh, tribal and uh, more like exotic designs. But it still has the same like craftsmanship there. I think the creative director came from uh, like Ralph Lauren and Gantt. So it's just like intersection of like preppy and fun textiles, but still like grounded in like streetwear, which is really fun. So 18 East for sure. And Bodhi, super passionate about Bodhi. I'm trying to pick up a jacket from them pretty soon. But yeah, I'm starting to shift a little away from the more like routine drops and more into like craftsmanship. 
Definitely. Uh, but yeah, those those two for sure. Cool, man. Cool. Well, like I said, Asher, it was it was a treat to have you on as a as a guest, and I had a lot of fun talking to you, man. I think that there might be a follow up episode in place just to just to just to get a more dissected kind of view of everything potentially um depending on how many questions we get from people from listeners and whatnot but where can people find out more about you on social media and whatnot yeah absolutely so my instagram um ash salik and uh linkedin's actually a really good resource i that's another tip um, or more advice for people that are looking to get into the fashion industry. Leverage LinkedIn as much as you can. And Drew is great at this because the second I connected with him at LinkedIn, I saw we had like a hundred mutual connections. So <laughs> networking is your biggest asset for sure. But yeah, leverage LinkedIn, like share your thoughts, like just hit up people. And more often than not, they'll be they'll be willing to talk to you. So definitely, yeah, definitely. feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and yeah, engage with the stuff I post. Sweet. That LinkedIn grind is serious, everyone. It's very serious. So take it take it seriously. All right, Asher. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, man. It was a treat, like I said. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Well, stay in touch and excited for your future collections later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast. We hope you gained some value from it. Wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day. And we'll see you next time.